Stop wasting your money and time buying expensive razors. For just a couple bucks a month, DollarShaveClub.com will ship amazing quality razors right to your door. Come on, join the hundreds of thousands of guys who have upgraded to the smarter way to shave. Shave time, shave money. Join now at DollarShaveClub.com slash Windborn brings social sandbox creation games to the next level. Explore a vibrant world filled with secrets to unlock, treasures to find, and even craft personalized furnishings and innovative artifacts. You can even befriend intriguing gen to help build a new civilization. New content just dropped May 19th and is available on Steam for 20% off. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Patch. I hope you can hear that. Episode 53, the (laughs) first episode of the second year of The Patch. Right. 101. Yes, exactly. Still the same decade now. Same decade. I'm trying to stretch it out. I saw you doing the math in your head. I'm trying to stretch it across decades at this point. Yeah. And flip. It's official. I'm glad you remembered it. How can a technology podcast not have that automated yet? Uh, You know, sometimes the manual processes are still necessary. Yeah. They're very yeah. analog. It's it's retro. Yeah. <laughs> we just saw a hand go by on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Godzilla. So there's I, I feel like this week there's a for some reason there's way more than normal news out there. I was compiling right. my list of topics to talk about this week and I feel like it's almost double the length of my Video court. game news is weird because honestly video game journalism kind of just did like masks itself or it's PR masks is news sometimes. So it's like it's weird when we get to points in when there's nothing there at all, you know? So it's kind of one of those things. What's wrong? I'm getting a voice in my ear saying, you got to flip the timer. I'm like, oh, Carol, stay friends. Bring it on. I hit the table. Friends. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got, you got people yelling That's at you. You got Ryan at the tables. Fucking amateur hour. This is, this is terrible. <laughs> Hands in front of lenses. It's a madhouse. That's what we could call the podcast. Amateur hour. <laughs> That's what we should call it. That'd be great. And then you'd love it because it stays right at an hour. Also lowers yeah. expectations. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> we can still compete in the Olympics. Great. Shit. Um, I had to post a journal for topics and such so like that. So if you want to talk about late, topics late, or suggestings to talk about, go to my journal and roosterteeth.com slash Bernie. So late breaking news. Just read it right before we came on. ZeniMax <gasps> is officially suing Oculus Rift. Well, who is it? <laughs> I am too. Why and not? $2 billion. Dollars. Um, so, what are they, so let me let me see if I can guess, and this is total guess on my part based on what I've read before. They, ZeniMax is suing Oculus because – John Carmack worked for Zenimax at one point, and they're claiming that he took technology or you know designs for their virtual reality products and took them over to Oculus. Yes, I'm going re- I'll, I'll read three key sentences from the press release. I'll, I, I can't wait. How about you read four? And we have to guess which one is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so they are uh, filing this lawsuit for it against Oculus for illegally misappropriating Zenimax trade secrets relating to virtual reality technology and infringing on Zenimax copyright and trademarks. ZeniMax's intellectual property has provided the fundamental technology driving the Oculus Rift since its inception. Bold claim. Wow. Uh, and then blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Lucky, Palmer Lucky, founder of Oculus, Lucky had held himself out to the public as the visionary developer of the virtual reality technology, when in fact the key technology Lucky used to establish Oculus was developed by ZeniMax. Was developed by ZeniMax. So they're saying, they're saying developed by ZeniMax, or are they kind of implying developed by Carmack? And then while he was employed by Zenimax. Uh, that, that's their wording. Today yeah. I learned John why, Carmack is actually technology. Why split hairs? Well, he's saying they took technology. It's actually, I mean, it's just big deal. Is there any mention of patents in there anywhere? Um, not that I saw. Well, no. That, it could, that could be a bigger nightmare if that's the case. Yeah, I, do, yeah. I do not see any mention of that. Uh, when I guess contacted for comment, there's a fresh update here. Oculus said, the lawsuit filed by Zenimax has no merit whatsoever. As we have previously stated, Zenimax did not contribute to any Oculus technology. Oculus will defend these claims vigorously. I still want to know what technology they think it is that somebody has developed that they've stolen. It's screens with accelerometers strapped to your head. Is strap technology something that's brand new? I could be the way they track it. I mean, it's like we could, for Apple, we get down to the point of like using, oh, they use two fingers to scroll and stretch. That's amazing. I suppose it's just one. I wonder if there's like a, a patent or a single technology that has made it all the way since like the virtual boy uh, and just trans, you know, going all the way up through this technology. Cause that's again, it's a device with a screen in front of your eyes that sits on a table. Yeah. Now they've strapped it to your head, but it's still not new. Like the dude who made Lawnmower Man in the 80s would come back and say, like, <laughs> hey, I, I envisioned a lot of this, and you guys took my designs from my awesome virtual reality movie. <laughs> you prototyped it. Yeah. You know, I would like to see a response to a lawsuit that's like, you know, this might have merits. We're going to look into it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever responded to a lawsuit with anything other than this lawsuit has no merit. Well, I mean, and then some people really don't take it seriously, like when most Mojang was starting with a lawsuit from Zenimax, same company. I think Minotri's reply was, let's settle it with a game of Quake. 
Yeah. yeah, well, to be honest, I mean, that's like kind of bullshit. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, they can probably get some damages from them. this is a classic technology lawsuit. I mean, if they're saying technology was taken and implemented somewhere else, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And they, actually, the, it, whether good or bad for Oculus, it's something that can be proven. Like they can say, look, here's our fucking design. Here's a guy that worked on it. Now he's over here working here and they can show this design or they can like subpoena those designs from Oculus. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this lawsuit becomes public record or Facebook, who's now the owner of Oculus, just says, here, take the money. Go yeah, just pays it all away. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that when when you make an acquisition like that, there's got to be someone who has like an actuary table about potential lawsuits coming up, and they figure, well, well, we have this much money earmarked for potential settlements for future lawsuits pertaining to this acquisition. Is the Oculus acquisition is that closed, or are we still in that weird uh, place between when they announced the acquisition by Facebook and they got it closed? Is, is it a done I think deal? It is closed. It's a done deal. It's, done, it's a done yeah. deal, and money's wired and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and stock is secret bank accounts and etc. You know Mark- what's Zuckerberg liked his Facebook account and all that. It's astounding to me because, again, we're talking about people suing a company that has no product. They're going after a technology that hasn't been implemented implemented at a commercial level yet. Or, or implemented. Or implemented. Either one. Or paired. Whatever. <laughs> no one's selling it. I mean, you're selling it as a dev kit, but I don't think that counts. Also an argument for not paying $2 billion for it, A great by the argument, way. yes. But once there's $2 billion in play, then lawsuits once come Once it's up. Facebook money back there, it's like, gimme, 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 gimme. Well, we say that, but also, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We, I turned, did I turn this one in for as a, before, we should probably talk a little bit about how we do this. Sometimes before the patch not sometimes, every time before the batch, we send out to each other a list of topics we want to talk about. And I don't know that I sent this one out, um, so I might be the only person that's able to talk about it here, but uh, Chuck E. Cheese is in the process of implementing Oculus at all their different restaurants. And so it, you can be virtually terrorized by uh, an animatronic <laughs> mouse? Yeah. And I think they had a really funny title for the guy. I think he was like their chief cheese executive <laughs> but, <laughs> that from Chuck E. Cheese. And he was saying that he's King the guy Cheddar. who's in charge of entertainment. And he, he nailed it. I mean, he seems like a really progressive guy where he was saying that basically, you know, we have to stay ahead of tablets. We have to stay ahead of ho- the home experience in order for people to come into Chuck E. Cheese, which, by the way, we should probably explain for our international audience. Chuck E. Cheese is an awesome restaurant. It's a pizza place where they have <laughs> robot singers and they also have a massive game room. It's like half game room, half pizza place. Yeah, ha- right. and, and directly marketed towards children with yeah. animatronics. If you're under the age of 10 and you're going to a birthday party, you got a 50-50 shot. You're going to have it at Chuck E. Cheese or at the local like trampoline park or something like that. Yeah, or so, it used to be known showbiz. Yeah, or Showbiz Pizza, which <laughs> I, think, I think was the Ch- localized version. I think Chuck E. Cheese acquired Showbiz. That makes sense. Is it was it a was that a lawsuit for like they took technology? <laughs> Their for- secret cheese technology. <laughs> uh, from my my recollection, all that changed was they added a mouse to the lineup of animatronic creatures. But Chuck E. Cheese, is, is, I think it was a much bigger brand. We actually had in Texas. Uh, there's a restaurant in Austin called Taco Cabana, and yeah. there was a knockoff called Two Pesos. And I'm pretty sure they proved that Two Pesos used their uh, designs for the restaurant to the point where it like, infringed on them, and then they ended up buying out two pesos as part of the settlement. It was hmm. a really interesting way to do that. So they ripped off someone and then got bought out. Somebody it, patented the taco. Apparently, yeah. that's how it happened. I don't think it was like the level of like, <laughs> what was the, what's the bittersweet symphony? Who's the guys that Verve? The Pipe? Verve? Or- Is it the Verve or... One or the other. The Verve and the Verve Pipe are two different things. I know, right. But I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out which one. Bittersweet I, Symphony, though, was... The Verve. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, they took a riff from Rolling Stones. And so Bittersweet Symphony was like used for every like sports highlight reel that year. It was like the song. It was like the Harlem Shake of that year. <laughs> we couldn't get away from it or the Gangnam Style. And uh, Rolling Stones sued them for the riff, and they got all the money from it. Ooh. That band made no money from that song. Wow, I didn't know that. You really didn't know no. that? Yeah, they they just basically like it's almost like the, the same as like a YouTube copyright claim where they said, "Yeah, don't take it down. We'll just take all the money from <laughs> yeah, it." Yeah, we're just yeah. going to take the monetization on that. Yet somehow Michael Jackson probably made 20 million dollars on it. Yeah, probably so. He just made 160 million. That's a topical. Was that his <laughs> his new album or something? No, just from reselling it. Now he's a hologram. Oh, right. Yes. There you go. Hologram <laughs> technology. That's the tie-in with gaming. You think hologram Michael Jackson and hologram Tupac hang out on the weekends? I wondered if they're keeping hologram children away from him is really my question. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I, gotta, I have to apologize to the executive manage, management team at Chuck E. Cheese. There is no chief executive cheese <laughs> it's cec no, entertainment that is the name of the company cec oh. entertainment i was trying to figure out who the cec is <laughs> but the guy who commented it was uh roger cardinale 
And he said, kids today have an unprecedented access to game consoles and tablets. Our challenge is to deliver an experience not available at home, and there is no doubt virtual reality does just that. Oculus Rift technology is the next frontier in the gaming industry, and we're thrilled to be able to say it's part of the Chuck E. Cheese lineup. Well, that's kind of the way Dave and Buster's really rose to notoriety, at least in my mind. Uh, that's how they got my attention. Was that was the only place you could go to play uh, VR games? Yeah, uh, that's where I played Pterodactyl and the uh, oh, Mech wow. Warrior one. I forgot about that Pterodactyl game. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you're you're a bit younger than me, and so I, did you like grow up playing arcade games? Uh, yeah, yeah, you there did. were still arcades. They, they still existed at that point. Like, uh, uh, what's the one you always see in malls? Um, Aladdin's Castle, like that kind yeah. of thing? I never had one of those. I think ours was just called Tilt. It was just, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Tilt. Yeah, tilt. Yeah. tilt. And, we, we, uh, had, we had a gold mine. Gold mine, all right. Which was even more lower end than Tilt. <laughs> well, arcades went from, like, these were the best possible experiences. Like, you couldn't replicate the technology at home. It was just too awesome. And that the home systems quickly surpassed them. So then it became... In like the late 80s and early 90s, the only arcade experience you could have was like they had ultra specialized control schemes. Like there was like mm-hmm. robo kayak stuff mm-hmm. and like uh, – I mean Dance Dance Revolution is probably the best right. example of that. And, and Top uh, Gun. Let's not forget Top Gun. You remember that one? No, it was that one. That was You actually got in the cockpit and like as you pulled back on the stick, the whole thing would go yeah. up and down and tilt side to side. Mostly I saw the non – Rigged version of that yeah. where you stood and played it like normal, but yeah. it was a rare treat. When well, I that one was like one. a buck twenty-five. Yeah. if you wanted to play that one, and it was crazy because it went through a period where I was as a kid growing up. I was like, man, when you got a game, it was like you got Pac-Man on the Atari or you got Donkey Kong on the ColecoVision. You were like, how much does it look like the real game? Like, how close right. is it to the real game? That was so important. In fact, it's one of the things that sank Pac-Man and really hurt the Atari system. But then after a while. I don't know if you go to an arcade today, graphics don't matter at all. It's like they're like the shittiest graphics possible. They don't look nearly as good as they do on PC at home. Mm-hmm. But it's just the experience of like the steering wheel or, you know, the beach head, like you pull the turret yep. over your head or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, the, the arcade experience is inferior, but the control experience is much better. Right, because so, you, you're not paying for like a utility system that has to do m- many things. It can just be super specialized and execute one function. And I think this deal was done before Oculus was acquired, but people were wondering like, why would Facebook buy Oculus? Now we're seeing how more mainstream do you get than a pizza franchise putting Oculus in all their restaurants? That's awesome. So is he claiming that animatronic technology has made it to the home or what? No, I'm saying I'm <laughs> saying that they're going to put Oculus Rift in all these different restaurants. Yeah, I know. He's so saying they had to stay ahead of the curve. Oh, I think he's going <laughs> for their arcade experience, not their animatronic singing <laughs> one. Yeah, they're, that, that's a little sad. That is a and old. <laughs> There's a, I've seen, yeah, when they license that Honda robot, then they should be really worried. My, I've seen YouTube videos of a guy who owns like an old showbiz animatronic set and he'll take requests and program in popular like current songs. That's and, creepy. Uh, and and make make uh, <laughs> arrangements for the songs and like put it put post YouTube videos for you. But will he sing as the characters? No, it's the uh, the backing vocal. Ah. It's it's the actual music track, but just with the animatronic <laughs> characters performing it. All right. And not to spend too much time on this, but the first ones are going to be in Dallas, and then they're going to expand from there to San Diego and Orlando. So if you want to try Oculus Rift, that's a great way to go do it hmm. and enjoy a tasty pizza. So how are the? I'm really curious to see what their implementation is, since, like you said, it's still not really a consumer product. It's still and what games? Yeah, what, right. what do you what, play on it? What will be the software be on these things? I mean, there's a lot of things that are. Is this, like, there's, there are some titles that support it. I mean, uh, that's sort of the direction a lot of uh, Steam games were going. But. I would love it if they had these at Chuck E. Cheese, and it was like Adult Simulator, and kids put it on, and they had to like <laughs> fill out taxes, you know, <laughs> buy a house. It's like they all the take kids to Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> <laughs> all the mundane like day to day activities of an adult. Like, Here you go, kid, enjoy. How to wash your hands after getting in the ball pit? <laughs> that's, that's the big experience I want my kids to have after leaving there. But it was made by a Dallas company, and they have a lot of quotes in here. This is an article I'm reading off of GameSpot. And uh, like a lot of people, this company in Dallas, Real Effects, who made this thing, if you read all their quotes, people who believe in VR and believe in Oculus, they are all in, dude. This mm-hmm. is like this is the future of entertainment. We're betting our entire future of our company on this. I mean, and you can argue that Facebook, $2 billion in their whole company, but they made a similar big bet. Yeah. I think it's why Oculus, people are really like, questioning why is oculus such a big deal like virtual boy and all that's been around forever why is now the era of vr after we've seen such shitty implementations of it i just think there's enough people who have like wanted it and seen it fail enough times like they're like okay let's all rally behind this and this one's gonna work i think honestly what really pushed that one over the edge and yeah we should probably move on here in a second but yeah. uh the technology is advanced to the point where the, the screen is good enough the latency is low enough 
uh, and it tracks enough movement that it's it's crossed the threshold of where it's actually more interesting to wear. Wait, no, when are ours coming in? We ordered some. When are they I coming know. In, well, they did, they're not even shipping the dev ones until July, I think. Yeah. So probably after July. Damn it. The new version, yeah. right? We have to wait. Yeah, yeah the, the new HD version. version. Yeah. Okay, so can we bridge from that to yeah, an experience got? that I had about uh, speaking where like graphics don't really matter all that much? Okay, I played a fun like retro style game that you sent out called Heavy Bullets. Okay, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. is I love one of the things I love about the independent scene right now is that they're making independent games where they change one small mechanic. And one, did you guys ever see the game called Super Hot? Yes, it's an FPS game where time only moves when you move, so it ties the time of the game to the movement of your character so when you move forward everything goes and then it's when you stop everything stops so you like plan where you're going to go next uh-huh. but you like as you move faster than everything else around you moves faster as well it's a fun fps yeah, game it's really fun and heavy bullets it has a really fun it has this cool retro feel and uh design it's like pterodactyl yeah but the guns you have a six bullet gun you have six bullets and that's it and this is me playing it earlier today uh i got on steam it was like 895 i think on steve steam and uh, you only have six bullets, and I, you'll see me. I'm hunting for my bullets. Like I have to go find them. And there's a bullet right there, and then I can reload the gun after I pick it up. So you have to like go and track down your bullets and recycle Does your ammunition. The bullet appear where it hit something. Like like you have to look for your bullets, or does it like yeah. get okay? Yeah, so if you hit something uh-huh. there, but if you miss, a miss is a big deal. Uh-huh. You also kind of like have a fun mechanic where you end up just waiting for stuff to charge you. Like, I'm a sniper, typically, in most games. And, like, Skyrim, I play an archer. I like to do stuff from really far away and take people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, I'm like, nope, let them charge in so that way I can shoot everything, pick up my bullets, and reload. And the reload mechanism is you reload each bullet. Ooh. So it's like you're not, like, hit R to reload and all six are back in there. So you, like, have a stat on the side that shows you the chamber and which is how many bullets you have in the chambers, but then also how many bullets you have sitting there to do. So you, like, R, 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 and then bah, 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 start shooting stuff and then run after your bullets. Does it always reload to the next chamber or do you have to, like, cycle through empty chambers? No, there wasn't that. Oh, like, it wasn't that deep. <laughs> that's, that's, that's sadistic, man. Yeah. Uh, that's the hard level. Yeah. Yeah, so you get off and then you get, like, it'll rotate <laughs> click, all click, around. Click, 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 That's like a puzzle game on the fly. But I, th- I thought it was fun. I don't know. There was some – on the article that I read that made me – that drew me to play the game there were some people in the comments saying this is 10 bucks it looks like a mobile game but you know i had fun playing it i'll definitely go back and play it i think devolver digital is involved with that game that is correct yeah Hmm. a long time uh long time supporter of rtx devolver digital that's exactly right rtx there you go yeah and i I didn't know that before i downloaded or you know and it didn't affect my opinion of it i I had fun playing it yeah and it was really cool because it had like a very retro I'm, I'm from the Atari generation, so it had a retro Atari feel to it. And it even had, like, those horrible sound effects, you know, but, but applied well. Um, like, pew, that, pew, pew, pew. And that explosion noise that they had the Atari, like, it was like, it was like, <laughs> it's just like, just, I don't even know how they made that, that sound effect. But I had fun playing it. You take I, a real sound effect and you just remove all the bits from it. You just compress it. <laughs> take it down to eight. Put it through an analog compressor. Yeah. I just looked it up. It's Apparently, it's on Steam Early Access and the Humble Store for normally 10 bucks, but they're, it's on sale right now for eight fifty. Yeah, and it's you know we're not big into reviews, and I, I literally played the game for about fifteen minutes. But I thought that I, I like a simple mechanic like that. I think that's fun when you change something that's fundamental in a game, and chasing down your bullets is like <laughs> there's some message there. I'm not sure what it is, but conservation. I've always wanted to play an FPS game. I'm sure someone will write to me and tell me that this exists. But I've always wanted to play an FPS game where it's like if you don't use your whole clip. You don't just magically like reload your clips. Like that's oh, yeah. a hard thing to do. That I sounds like I, an Arma thing. I've seen games like that where you you waste that ammo. Mm-hmm. Is it and annoying? I, yeah, and I think there were uh, might have been an old Medal of Honor game where I want to say it was like there was one rifle in particular. I'm not sure, I think it might have been the bar where oh. you couldn't reload it until the clip was empty. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> that's historically accurate. Right. Like you hear that ting, and that's then exactly, <laughs> and then you could reload. I do remember that gun as well in some game, how much I hated it. So <laughs> I'd like to retract my previous statement <laughs> that I would like to play a game like that. But it is one of those things where, you know, you have a 45-bullet clip, you shoot, like you kill somebody. The one mechanic that is applies to all FPS games for me is as soon as I kill somebody, I reload. Right, drop the clip. Mm -hmm. Instantaneously. And it doesn't matter if I have 32 bullets left in the clip or two, you know, you get them all back. Right. Whatever amount of bullets you're missing, that's going to be what you needed. (laughs) The the extra bullet or two. It's dancing really close to that line of how much realism do you want? I mean, do you want the character to, like, stop? He gets out some bullets, like, put some more in the clip, 
hooks it back into the gun, then we're good to go. Or can you imagine if you had to if you had to hunker down and like dick, 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 or what dick, if it was like a Gears of War style active reload where it's like there was a meter and you could if you played the meter correctly you could reload even faster. <laughs> oh yeah, like each each bullet was like an active reload. But thing. if you miss it, the spring goes off and all the bullets shoot into your face. Right. If you or if you miss it <laughs> twice in a row or three there times in a row or something like that, there's like a critical failure. I gotta say, there's something coming back that was in video games early on that they got rid of and now is making its way back in and that is where your character needs to eat and you have to manage food mm-hmm. and eat and it's just like this overhead in games that I just don't like. It's in Far Sky which is an underwater Minecraft uh I'm gonna call it knockoff, but a knockoff, and uh, and then it's in Minecraft too. Mm-hmm. I remember it's like if, it's funny when people play Minecraft over the years. It's like when they see the recent version, they're like, "What's that?" It's like that's experience. They're like, "What is experience in Minecraft?" <laughs> or yeah. food? Yeah, that that was the big one for me was food. Like I'd played yeah. a lot, then I didn't play for a while, and I came back and like food. What the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like great. Now I gotta manage this too. Yep, exactly. Then you're enchanting stuff, like all that stuff they added later. Like what's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the 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 world was like alien to me at that point. Might have been when. We had that uh, PvP deathmatch, I think, in, God, was it the Gauntlet? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I first saw the food. Even in the updates, you know, like the updates on the console. PS4, did that even have a launch yet? The launch day for uh, yeah, it's Minecraft? Out. It's out. Oh, oh, it's out? Yeah. The, the, in fact, they're going to, uh, I want to say it's out. I think they're even going to have a, a physical release planned for this month. Oh, because we showed the cases for it before. The reason why I'm asking is that the NPD numbers uh, that we were looking at for April, Titanfall was number one for NPD sales in April. Uh, and that, that, I just recently saw it. I don't know when it came out. Uh, and I was shocked to see that three of the top 10 titles were Lego titles uh-huh. across a lot of different platforms. And then beating all those Lego titles was Minecraft, was still number four up there. Yeah, there it is right there. So, and it says 360 on there. So it must be after April that the PS4 came out. I just don't think, is PS4 out? I thought it were PS3. Mm, PlayStation at all? I'm, I'm yeah. just saying the the Minecraft. Oh, you're right. PS3. PS3. That's right. Out, that's yeah. what I'm. That's what I'm thinking of. PS3. Yeah. That's PS4 doesn't have release yet. Yeah. And look at NBA 2K14 is on the uh, Expo. <laughs> Expo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's 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 crazy to see. In fact, I think Titanfall just had a DLC that came out last week. Yep. And on, Titanf- uh, on Thursday. But the story, the reason bringing that up was I was very happy to see that Titanfall is up there, like a next gen title of any kind is mm-hmm. up there. And it's still going strong. And I was really surprised to see that it's Titanfall because, you know, it was on primarily in the Xbox One leading that. I think that was when uh, those numbers were going to launch on the Xbox 360. But, you know, the Xbox One is lagging behind everything in sales. Mm-hmm, well, maybe mm-hmm. not behind the Wii U. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I still associate that title with the Xbox One. Mm-hmm, definitely. Speaking of updates and Xbox One. They have a new update coming out. Well, they have a new update that's out now. And then another update coming out soon. The mm-hmm. update that came out now added a feature I've been wanting since launch, which is you can now adjust the volume of snapped items independently. That's a big That's deal to cool. you? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. just annoying. Like, I would never snap very much because it's like, well, this thing's fucking loud and that thing's quiet. I'm yeah. just not going to snap. Or like if you wanted to watch something, say, in your snapped window, but you you know, you know want to take your game played out so that you could actually listen to what you're watching. Uh, yeah, that's a very useful feature. I, yeah. no, I read the update. None of that stuff really... Like struck me as like, oh, I gotta have this. Even though I did go out and grab the update early because yeah. it was a way you could do through system settings to grab it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the new update that's coming out soon, I think, is the one you were talking about. Adds support for real names and external storage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and you can apparently install games to your external storage. Now it has to be USB three, uh, which is uh, actually not completely ubiquitous at this point. You still see a lot of USB two devices that are are out there. There's a fair amount of USB three at this point. It's I mean, it's enough that you still have to really look like. Uh, especially like flash drives, which you'd think would have oh, gone yeah. more, blah, I lost my tongue there for a second, mainly over to USB 3 at this point, but are still a lot of USB 2s. Do you think they do a lot of cost cutting on the USB interface on those flash drives? Because I feel like flash drives are typically really slow. I think I yeah. always wonder, like, why the isn't right this speeds. thing fucking faster? Yeah. Well, I mean, even though it's flash memory, it's not high speed flash memory necessarily. So the read and write speeds aren't, the interface may be. You know, USB 3, but the write and read right. speeds may not match They're that. abysmal. Yeah. T- typically, I haven't found one that I really like. The ones that I have, I, mm-hmm. I, I just get so frustrated with. But apparently what they've said is you can install games to your external hard drive and then just take the hard drive with you. And all you'll need is a plug it in and the disk at some other console. So you won't have to reinstall. If you happen to be moving, like go to your friend's house. But if it's You don't di- have to get there and install the game If again. it's a digital copy of the game, you don't have to have... A disk, obviously, right? You can just install it to the external drive. Now, that's a good that. question. I, don't, I didn't see that specifically addressed. Here I don't we, know how that would go. work. That, <laughs> yeah. Because that seems like the more interesting usage. Yeah, like that, you're that, right. That's how I would want to use it. Disk. 
I get and that I bet would be much strongly, much more strongly impacted by the speed of the the hard drive. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, well, I mean, that might be why they have a USB three uh, requirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so that'll be cool. I mean, and the real name stuff is kind of neat. I'm, I, it's I'm, a little behind PS4 on that. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy into that though. Like, really? I don't. I don't like real name stuff. I hate, I hate that. Really? Yeah. Why? What's the problem? I just. I don't know. I don't. Why? Why would you want your real name on that? I just. I just don't see the benefit or the attraction to it. You know, you create a gamer tag for a reason. If I wanted my real name, I would have made my fucking gamer tag my real name. Nah, I'm okay with it. Is it? Is it? Is, is it, it mandatory? It's optional. No, it's no, not optional. optional. In okay. fact, you can limit how much of it shows too. I think so you don't have to have like your full name. You can also granularly control it, I believe. If it's friends, friends of friends, followers, and all you of that. You eventually have to gravitate to that in any system over time, especially one that becomes popular. Because if you look at like the Xbox Live gamer tag system, if they don't gravitate towards real names, then you just end up with, after 12 years, you're going to end up with like, oh, I'm a, you know, star exclamation point, you know, star <laughs> yeah. is born, you know. Yeah, but you feel X, 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 you know. AKA John Smith 2225, you know. Well, no. Well, I get. Well, you could just have your real name in there. I don't know if it'll put like. Will it put like you? You have a pretty unique name, but yeah. I mean, if like you know, someone was John Smith, would it have all those numbers on it, or can you just look up by email address or John Smith? I don't know. Yeah. I, at this point, actually, the uh, gamertag creation part of Xbox Live sign up is almost as good as a password generator because it's always just like paper tangent. One seventeen, yeah. It just throw. It just pulls together random ran, words, two random words, and some numbers. And it's like someone just took a thesaurus and started wailing on the monitor, and that's what you come out with. Well, I said my my Steam name showed up in the leaderboard. I was testing. A, we talked about another game that came out just recently. It's uh, f- uh, Flockers, and it's from the guys who make Worms. Mm-hmm. I think that's correct. And uh, I played that today as well. Uh, you might like it because it's actually kind of just like a inspired by Lemmings mm-hmm. game, and so I played it, and it's like you use sheep instead of whatever the little elves are, and you like walk them through stuff. And I haven't seen a game quite like Lemmings in a long time. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. And it's got a it's got a fun mechanic. Like uh, you can do stuff like they pick up uh, this these hats and it lets them jump over things, and you decide who gets the hats and who doesn't. And then they're, here they're wearing the hats. The fact that it's called Flockers and has sheep makes me think of Flock right away. I know. I, know, I, I like I'm, it. I'm just getting frustrated. It's really gruesome. It. It's really gruesome. Yeah, like a big guillotine just came down and smashed a bunch of sheep. But yeah. I'm like eighth in the leaderboards now globally on this game <laughs> in, the, in the demo. So, oh, so it, that's it's weird that the demo puts you on the leaderboard. Yeah, but it's kind of cool because then I thought people could download it and, you know, try to beat my score, which I'm sure everyone will beat in about five seconds, yeah. you know, because – it's just a, tut- a tutorial level. And there is, like, a way to, like – I couldn't figure out how to save, like, five of the sheep. But I'm sure someone else will figure out how to do it. That's someone else's problem. But my name showed up in there as Bernie. Like, not mm-hmm. as, like, my Steam name or anything like that. I'm like, where did, get, where did they get that name? Like, I didn't even know how it did Is it, it. your profile name? Yeah, it might be your profile Probably name. my profile name, Because Steam right? uses that for a lot of things. So we, every time we do a Let's Play on Steam, we always will pick – change up our profile names to suit the game. Yeah. It's – uh. Yeah, I've seen you guys. You guys get harassed endlessly. (laughs) Jack tells people to leave. I'm going to read this thing here. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Nothing feels better than that first shave with a fresh blade, right? It's smooth, it's close, and the blade is as sharp as it's ever going to be. It feels fantastic. But thanks to Big Shave Company's ridiculous prices, you can't afford to use a fresh blade every week. So you drag that dull-ass blade across your face for two weeks, three weeks, ten weeks. Why do you do that to yourself? Maybe because the only thing more painful than shaving with an old blade is shelling out 30 bucks for a pack of new ones. Those things are really sharp. You better not fucking cut me. <laughs> if you want to enjoy a fresh blade every week, but you don't want to take out another mortgage on your house, you got to join DollarShaveClub.com. Oh, it is. For just a couple bucks a month, DollarShaveClub.com ships the highest quality bla- <laughs> blades you can get. Uh, I'm a four-blade guy, and with Dollar Shave Club, it's only six bucks for a four-pack. Seriously, only $6 for the best quality blades you can get, so every week you can pop in a fresh blade and treat yourself to an amazing shave. Join DollarShaveClub.com, get amazing quality blades in the mail for a couple bucks, treat yourself to a brand new blade every single week. Hundreds of thousands of guys have upgraded with shaving, they're shaving with Dollar Shave Club. Uh, I'm one of them, and now it's your turn. Shave time, shave money, DollarShaveClub.com slash rooster. That's DollarShaveClub.com slash rooster. I saw a really funny infographic that somebody had made online because it completely applied to me, and that was, we talked about like 30 bucks for mm-hmm. a set of cartridges, and basically what they said was, they just had this. And if you're a guy who shaves, you probably would identify with this. And it just basically said five days, one week, 
two weeks, six months. Yeah. <laughs> As you work your way down the, the blades. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely true. When you get to the last blade, it's like you're there for six months on that same Do you ever one. go back up and start looking at them going, uh, that one's... Yeah, I have done that <laughs> in the past. We're like, that one's not as used as the one I'm using now, so I'm going to switch over there. But it seems like they rot when you leave them in there too long. Or they like get the, really the strip nasty. is like stuck to the inside. Uh, you got to tear it out of there. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you put it back in wet when well, uh, you used it. Other Xbox news. So I, I would like to take credit for calling this long ago. Let's see what you got. Uh, they're going to release a connectless Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, they are going to release a connectless Xbox One. And we've never on this podcast or the RT podcast, we've never been big evangelists for the Connect until we used it. Yeah, and then we liked it. Uh, the, the Connect on the we don't have to say we. The Connect <laughs> you, on the you don't th- like it at all. I... The Connect on the 360, I didn't think was that great of an implementation, but I think it has a lot more use and functionality with the One. Um, but I mean, that being said, I'm not like a huge proponent of it. I think it works fine, you know, sit in situation, in certain situations. I don't necessarily like the fact they're removing it though, because now it's not a unified hardware platform. Like that was the whole point and bundling it was the games are going to utilize this. And even games, you know, yet they had to reserve like so much CPU for the Mm -hmm. connect and all of that. So now it's like, oh, well, the games aren't going to necessarily reserve CPU, so the Connect's not going to be as functional, even though I want to use it. Do you think it's unified now? I mean, I think I feel like a lot of people just don't plug it in. There's... Once they took out the ability, like that, it had to, had to be plugged in. Once they took out that mm-hmm. restriction, yeah, I would imagine most people don't plug it in. I have Connect. I have Xbox One in my house where there's no Connect plugged into it. Mm-hmm. It does annoy me sometimes, though. Like I know, like sometimes it likes reading my hands for some reason. Like I'm just watching a movie, and then all of a sudden, uh-huh. like the pause and the play button are like, no. No. Really? I've never had that problem. Yeah, so now just How like, expressive I, are you? I just, end up, I just end up covering it. You know what I found funny is that in one of the updates, there is for the Xbox One a feedback program, an anonymous like automated feedback program that goes back to Microsoft. Uh-huh. And it's something that you have to opt into. So it reports on your usage mm-hmm. back to Microsoft and then improves the platform and all that stuff. You see it in everything that you work on. It's funny. I thought it was funny that like it's totally optional. It's like I don't know if Xbox One users who have a camera and a microphone in their house are really going to be that upset about – an optional anonymous program. Yeah. But I understand why they have to do it. But it just struck me as funny. It's like, yeah, if you want to opt out of your camera and your microphone that's connected to the internet telling us, like, what you're watching on Netflix, then, yeah, then yeah. you can opt out of it. How long do you jack it for? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I was uh, – I if I look at the Connect, it's going to reduce the overall cost of that SKU by 100 bucks. Yeah. Yep. That's – a good choice, you know. I mean, and it's like you have to respond. Microsoft's, you know, they're responding to what people are saying. Yeah, you know, and it's also it's always good to respond to things too, because then you flesh out the people or flesh out the people who uh, aren't really don't want the change. They just want to complain because they're like, oh, they shouldn't ever. It's like, well, they're listening to your complaint, yeah. and now there's a skew that has it with no connect. You should be happy. Nope. Sure. They're just upset that it ever existed in the first place. I mean, I, I guess I can see that. Maybe a, a better – in my mind, just because I don't like fra- fracturing the SKUs, in my mind, maybe making a $50 price cut and eating the 50 bucks on it or something else like that. Well, I mean – I think you could replace – what I use the Connect for, I think you could replace that $100 camera with a $5 microphone because I just use it for voice commands. That's all I use it for. But and I, so but far, I there's like – well, I mean, that's there's the general dearth of games right now on next-gen – Either console, really. I want to play Dearth. Where is Dearth? it available? That's, a, that's <laughs> an excellent title. <laughs> Dearth the game. It uh, comes um, out with Wolfenstein. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> in fact, related to Kinect uh, and motion controls, I think Rare just announced they were laying off 16 uh, employees. Right. Is that an announcement when you lay off 16 people? How many people work there? Uh, yeah, I guess. Does it say a percentage of their overall workforce? I Kinect think Sports Rival Flop. I think I have it on here, actually. Did that come out? Yeah. <laughs> Look. The demo's been on since day one, right? But. I listen. I like the voice commands on the Connect because I once I had to hook it up and I used them. And it's like, wow, this is pretty convenient and cool. And the fact that it recognizes me when I walk in the room, I like that stuff. I I I had to be forced to like that that stuff because I don't ever play a Connect game. Uh, when I see the Connect settings, it still creeps me out. I, I always want to feel like there's this is the peripheral that I'm never going to use and I hate. And I hate motion controls, and it's like, I'm just happy with the controller. I don't need the motion shit and all that stuff. Well, I mean, there's still not a game yet. Really, that's part of the thing is I guess that was the first real, like, Kinect-geared game. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Is there I'm, any I'm other titles to, right now yeah. that are on one? I think they have, like, the uh, the fitness stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, the fitness stuff is there, but that's... Do you call that a game, really? And I know you That's like for a Sk- lifestyle Skype. thing. Skype. I mean, there's a lot of other things yeah. besides so, the games. You know, there's apps for it. Apparently, according to Eurogamer, 150 people worked on Connect Sports Rivals. 
And they let out 16? Yeah. And some of them are, I guess, kind of high profile. Uh, uh, studio Layoffs include Studio Battletoads lead programmer Chris Sutherland and 15-year company veteran Gavin Price. Oh. So it's one of those like, hey, the guy that had the idea. Hey, the guy that made the thing. You guys, <laughs> get out. out. <laughs> Beat it. Yeah. And obviously, you know, layoffs, they can – they're – Ob- obligations as a business are a little bit different or what they can do. So sometimes it makes sense to do it. And I don't, I'm there's rare wholly owned by Microsoft at this point. Yeah. Like I they believe are. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're public. So then they have to announce it. If they're going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. But so, I mean, the different hardware levels essentially is already what PS4 is, right? I mean, they've got their own motion control system, but you have to buy it separately. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just a fundamental approach to the strategy, you know, mm-hmm. from the beginning. From the beginning, PS4 was planning for that, so that's fine. Uh-huh. From the beginning, Xbox was planning to have it. Now, changing course midway through, it's like if you did the reverse, it would be shitty. Where it's like now PS4 requires you to have the camera and the move and all of that stuff. You're like, well, shit. Well, at least they, I mean, they announced it a ways out. In front of actually releasing it, so the developers, I guess, have some time to respond. I, they may have even notified developers that this was coming before that. Even so, somebody developing a game for the Xbox One going forward, they got a plan for two different things, right? Yeah. For the option, well, that's all the implementations I've seen of this in mainstream games have already been like that because there are people that just don't want to use it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have to take into account, like in Rise, somebody doesn't want to yell fire every time they want to shoot arrows. Or yell, you're crazy in Dead Rising 3. Exactly. <laughs> you're crazy. Stop listening to me. Yeah. So, I mean, the, they already have to do that. I mean, if nothing else, they have to do that just because of uh, different levels of, you know, access. Yeah. Like, if somebody can't talk, then you can't expect them to use voice commands. But that doesn't mean you should stop them from playing your game. But even that was like a backtrack from their original plan of you had to have it plugged in. It's like they've been incrementally pulling back from that. I mean, they, I, I don't think there was any way around this, that issue. Like, because of the accessibility options, you don't want to exclude people, especially people that already have a disability. You don't want to say, you can't play my game because you already have, you know, a disability. Mm-hmm. So they had to support that kind of situation. That's really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't think this changes anything from a development level. Okay. If it, it just gives the developers an option not to have to do anything with it. Yeah, I guess so. But it's like now now the exception in a lot of ways can be programming for having the connect. So in a way, the legacy of people who have the connect, it now then like every game on the Xbox One platform has to have the one directive and it has to have the CPU set aside. Mm-hmm. So in it limits what the developers can do in terms of like, well, just un- just unplug your connect. So like the don't if you have this optional accessory the connect your, our game won't run as well because it uses more right. of the CPU. So now they have to actually like cap it, you know what I mean, in a way, because they have this legacy thing from early adopters and day one people who have a connect mm-hmm. and it's part of the experience for them. Yeah, like imagine if a big AAA title is coming out, like Watch Dogs, and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we got the optimization as good as we could. Just go ahead and plug the connect and then everything's fine. It, it just becomes like a whole mat- level right. of magic. I'm not saying they said that. I've just used that as an example. <laughs> Quote Gasserola, 2014. No, but it is something, too, that we won't see until much later in the cycle for this hardware. And that could be like six or seven years away. We mm-hmm. start to see some of this stuff um, because that's when they start to really understand what the hardware can do and they know how to take advantage of it. Well, I mean, honestly, here's the good thing about the Connect. I feel like I've talked a lot or said a lot of negative things about it, but start recording now. <laughs> this is it. This is your one soundbite, Connect. <laughs> uh, he loves playing Dark Souls on it. <laughs> it anything that gives developers more options is always good. Well, not always, but in most cases, is good. Like so far, no one's really hit the game that is a good combination of that voice, motion, controller experience. But that doesn't mean that someone can't. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is a couple people really figuring out how to make that experience work with that controller and voice controls to make that a genre. I mean, once somebody gets it right, really right, then that may kick off the whole connection. So we're still in exploratory mode is what you're saying. Like Absolutely. We still haven't we figured out the correct The 360 Connect was a, a shot at it, but nothing really hit it. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, this is a triple A Connect title. Or connect enable title. I think that's really the the sweet spot for this is going to be connect integration, not it's a controller game or it's a connect game. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something that can pull in the power of the connect without making it cumbersome. Mm-hmm. So when that hits, when that someone figures out how to use it right, then this whole connect thing may blow wide open. Until then, it's just something that's kind of nice. You, if you don't feel like moving. You're extra dreamy when you're optimistic. Thank you. Is there a twinkle in my eye? There's a twinkle in your eye. Yeah, and there's. A, I think the flip side of what I think what Gus is trying to say is that if you give cons- – anything that gives developers choice is a good thing. But in a weird way, as weird as it sounds, anything that gives consumers 
too much choice is bad for development because there's all these different variations. Right. That's one of the things that amazed me about the Steam Box when they said the good, better, best version. I'm like, what's that? That's a PC. What happened to the console? It should, it should just be a closed system. <laughs> yeah, the standardization of that. I thought that was, uh, you know, that's what they were going for with Steam Box. Do you want anyone to talk about that real quick? I got a really interesting thing while we're talking about privacy and everything oh, else. Oh, okay, go for it. And Steam Box. Um, so you're going to talk about the Alienware thing, right? right? Mm-hmm. Why don't you mention that really So quick? I guess just yesterday, Alienware came out talking about their Steam Box, which is due this September, saying that it'll be absolutely the least profitable system they will ever sell. <laughs> is that... That's a, that's a weird way of saying, like, I mean, aren't a lot of consoles not profitable for the manufacturers, yeah. but then they get all the licensing, whereas Alienware doesn't get that stuff. It's, right. the, the whole problem with the Steam boxes from the beginning is it's the hardware is no longer subsidized by the gaming. So so, so if you're Alienware, Ryan, why would you make this thing? What's the upside? I don't I, – honestly, I don't get it. I've, I've never understood where they were going with this. I think they're uh, just trying to get it into home theaters, like home entertainment systems. They want it, you know – Basically, Valve said, hey, we've got this great idea and – it's like a lot of these companies caught on to the buzzword of it and went, that is a great idea. That's a way we can sell PCs. PCs have been flagging. Let's, we're going to sell PCs, but we'll call them steam boxes and mm-hmm. then everybody will just buy it. Uh, but they're going to be more expensive. It, it, it could be a home media hub. You know, it's, it's just like what the Xbox is You mean like the doing. Roku, the, the Amazon Fire, the ITV, I mean, wherever the hell that thing is, Apple on, TV. Let's be honest. The Roku is. It's not a thing anymore, right? It's not a gaming thing. None of those are gaming things. It's but not those like are Amazon filming. Fire is. They're, they're okay, really pushing they, back. They are. But none of those are, uh, you know, really, those are media boxes, really. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. So that, that's covered and that's a hundred bucks. Yeah, but this is definitely has a lot more robust gaming capability and mm-hmm. can also, since it's a PC, it can fulfill those media, uh, duties as well. But I guarantee you this could be a lot more than $99, which is what those other things sell for. So is so you're saying, I guess, is that we're going to have this Alienware Steam Box. It won't be profitable, but it gets that brand in the home. And then the Haas computer that's running over here streaming everything, that's my Alienware X51, the right. big badass one right. that's sitting over there huffing and puffing. Mm-hmm. You know okay. who's really got to be mad about uh, Steam Boxes in general? Hulu Plus. Why sell Hulu Plus? Because it's a PC. Why would they make Hulu Plus, Matt? I'm not seeing your... You don't need to pay for Hulu Plus. Oh, oh like you streams? can watch other stuff? You can just watch, bring up a browser window. It's a PC. Yeah. You don't need to pay for Hulu Plus to get the optional uh, you know, extended uh, device kind of coverage. Like you can't watch it on well, your Hulu, ex- Hulu your Plus Xbox has other content or, too, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. I mean, they still that's still good. But right now, there's a lot of people that probably would like to watch on their Xbox or whatever their TV-connected device is but haven't paid for hulu plus interesting it's always interesting in the services like we all mm-hmm. use it in different ways and that's a way yeah. you, mm-hmm. that's a big advantage you see for using it and we have this in our own like originally our own sponsorship level for our members it's mm-hmm. it's always interesting like the one feature of it that like extends it to another box in the case of hulu plus that's really important to you and it's like it's always interesting like when we change one little thing uh-huh. in our premium membership it's like that's the whole reason i did it. it's like really that one that that's got such a low usage rate okay but that's important to you no it'd be interesting to see if they t- somehow track Obviously, with the Steam OS, I'm sure they could very easily integrate to that and extend the Hulu Plus kind of functionality into that mm-hmm. to keep it behind a paywall. But for if you just were to install regular Windows on one of these machines, I mean, there's still ways you could track what the device was, but it's definitely a lot harder. I also think it's interesting when there's a restriction that I don't even know exists, like Xbox got rid of the restriction where you need to be an Xbox Live Gold member in order to have uh, like apps like Hulu and Netflix, Netflix and mm-hmm. now they got rid of that. But I didn't... You know, I, I think I they, existed. they even went as far as to start refunding people who had gold, who said that they uh, got gold primarily to use those apps. You know, it's just like I love – this is one thing. It's like I know people are very dedicated. They're very loyal to their brands, especially with consoles or if they're a PC person, just PC as a whole. PC Master Race. There you go. Um, but I never you, even have to say it anymore. You have to sense? clearly see how competition helps because, mm-hmm. you know, when PlayStation introduces PlayStation Plus and the free games on there, Xbox like – well, we're, hey, we're doing that too. Look at this. This is great, you know? And when, you know, they have an audio tool that's on the PS4, they add it up for the Xbox, and it's like this competition back and forth. When the consumers have choices, it always ends up working Absolutely. out really well. Incidentally, the, you, you made me think about something. Games with Gold has Saints Row the Third available. It does, uh, yeah. Right now. Oh, does it really? Mm-hmm. All right. Which is check a out. fucking great game. Which uh-huh. they're bringing to the Xbox One as well. Uh, that they was are? another part of their announcement. Games of it. Gold is going to Xbox oh, One. Oh, 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 I thought oh. you meant Saints Row. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. And I'm they're sorry, putting really a, a hub in for it too, right? Where there's, there's actually going to be a centralized place where you can go find that stuff. Right now, it is a little bit difficult to navigate 
both the PS4 mm-hmm. and the Xbox One, their interfaces were a little off. Absolutely. I prefer the PS4 of like that linear thing. I know some people like us don't like it as much, but they're both kind of evening out a little bit here where I can actually find <laughs> stuff on these goddamn UI. I think as we get more experience with it and as we practice more, I think it's becoming That's, it's becoming easier. We're meeting in the middle, I'm right? I'm definitely, yeah, learning how to use them a little better. Yeah. Uh, I want to read one more thing here. Okay. okay. I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is also brought to you by Windborn. Windborn brings social sandbox creation games to the next level. Explore a vibrant world filled with secrets to unlock, treasures to find, craft personalized furnishings, innovative artifacts, and befriend intriguing gin to help build a new civilization. Uh, it's a it's a voxel type game. I think you did a, a this is yeah, on it the last week. Uh, yeah, tell me about the they, they got thing. new uh, new content just came out on the nineteenth, which is what Monday. Yeah, new content just came out this past Monday. So to celebrate, it's twenty percent off on Steam right now. Just look for it. It's Windborn W I N D B O R N E. Uh, it's a it's an interesting game. It's uh like I said, voxel. You can break apart the world, and it's still early. I mean, it's not a finished yeah, it's, product. It's, it's, it's early access. I think yeah. now with twenty percent off, it's uh twenty four bucks, twenty three ninety nine, mm-hmm. I believe. And uh, you just go around. By the way, those flying sheep things are really creepy. The, the, it's I, I, I like how easy it is to get wool off. You just go up and you just uh-huh. touch them. It's like wool. It's very. It's almost kind of like a uh, fable kind of art style. But uh, yeah, it's instead of the, yeah. the traditional just all squared off world voxels, it's got. Uh, actually slopes and angles and things. Uh, so sometimes you're collecting a piece of an angle instead of a whole solid block. Mm-hmm. Looks like a cross, if I may, between uh, Project Spark and Minecraft. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, it's a pretty cool game. I've been playing it for a little while, uh, checking it out. And, it's, uh, and you can visit other people's worlds as well. It's like mm-hmm. a visit other worlds item in the menu, and you can just like mm-hmm. explore around and go fuck with other people's stuff. It'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Right now there's no... Um, like there's not a health bar or you know, no you know, food. Food, yeah. There, you're just it's in it, just purely like creative kind of space. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they they end up going to more of a survival thing or mm-hmm. if it's going to continue to be just like make something very much as you said, very Spark esque. Uh, which, by the way, have you played any Spark? I have, I okay. have, and my, my my son has played a lot of it. Let's talk about that in a minute. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty. It's uh, so far runs pretty well. Yeah, um, it's made by Hidden Path Entertainment. I'm looking at some of their other games here. They made Defense Grid Two, Age of Empires Two HD Edition. Uh, I guess they worked on CS:GO. So, okay. I mean, yeah, they have a, a a good variety of games they uh-huh. worked on in the past. So yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's uh it's on sale on Steam. It's one of those things where it's like, you, you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> the Division got pushed to 2015. I don't think many people are surprised by that. Wasn't there no. a report that came point, out? No. There was a report that came out where somebody was like, some insider thing was like, yeah, I don't know why they're talking about this release date. Like, we haven't done anything. Like, we've got the engine, sort of, but like, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, sort of. I think that's what it says. Like, <laughs> even the engine wasn't done yet. Isn't this footage we're watching from E3 last year? So this footage yes. is almost a year old at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it looks good. I mean, as it turns out, that's it. That's all they have. <laughs> the car and the building. <laughs> this is the part where Ryan and Ray get shot and killed. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, yeah, wait, for, wait for the dramatic music. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still really looking forward to that game. Uh, I but, am too. Yeah, it's I, a really I, exciting looking game. But. I thought it was crazy that they said it was to come out in 2014. So I'm not really disappointed that it it got pushed. I was, I, I felt like mm-hmm. I was already set for that in my heart. It had already been pushed once, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they had just said 2014. Okay, and that was it. Okay, before we get too far away from it, I want to talk about something because I was uh, testing out something on Steam. Uh, before we get too far away from the Steam boxes, I want to bring it up. So it came out of beta on Steam, the in-home streaming, mm-hmm. where you can like take wherever you have your Steam Steam games installed, you go to another PC that's capable of streaming to it on the same network, and you can grab it and stream across the network. Mm-hmm. Had a really interesting experience doing that. And uh, hey, Ash. Do you want to jump up and talk to us about it? So Ashley, Ashley was wanting to test it with me because she was covering it for the No. Uh-huh. And so she got on her Steam account on her laptop, and I was in my office and got on it there. Um, she logged in as her account on my desktop computer and then went and logged in again over here on her Razer. And she started streaming – actually, that Flockers game that we just showed. She was uh-huh. streaming that across the network. What was really interesting about it is that it wasn't just streaming the game. She could alt-tab out. And she could go to my desktop. And I said, I was on the phone with her. I was like, can you go to my documents? She was like, yep. And she clicked on my documents and went there. And it was basically a remote desktop uh, environment. But it also stayed connected after I minimized the game. And she could just see me on my computer working, which, uh, you know. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ash, why don't you, is she ready to go? Yeah. Is that, a, is that an accurate account of what happened? Sorry, can you say that again? So I was saying that after I minimized the game, you could watch me working on my computer. 
Yeah, I could absolutely creep on you. Yeah. But only if you have Steam open. As soon as you close Steam, I was cut off. Yeah, when, when I saw, like, the Sistray icon for Steam and I hit exit there, then it dropped it out and killed her connection. Or if I logged her out, her account out. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal, though. When you have a remote desktop connection through – this is a Windows PC I was working off, Windows 7. Uh, when you have a remote desktop, there's an indicator that says you're being connected right. to. Mm-hmm. I could not find any indication that there was someone connected to my computer and could see what I was doing. So now I'm like in my office watching my P's and Q's. I'm like surfing Reddit going, no, I'll click that later. <laughs> you know? I literally have no clue. It was a really interesting experience. I don't know if she's still connected to my computer. I have this weird like feeling. I wonder – yeah, I wonder if that happens with every game. Did you try it with multiple games or uh, is it just that one game? Like is it an impl- – yeah, Well, I can't imagine why that would be game specific unless it's uh, – But it seems like such a glaring – Bug or security hole that yeah. it wouldn't make it through testing. Well, like, it's, it's only I- it's only kind of a security hole if you think about it though, because in order to use it, you have to be logged into Steam on the same account on both machines, and it has to be on your home network. So, really, I mean, it's going to be really tough to creep on people like that. I mean, if if Bernie was logged into his own Steam account, I wouldn't have been able to see it. Or if he'd closed Steam entirely, I wouldn't be able to see it. So I guess the moral of the story is don't let other people use your Steam account. Yeah, or you could go and set up Steam on somebody's computer, you know what I mean? And then you have a way to get in there and access yeah. it. Yeah. It's uh, on and the same no, VPN on the or same something. Network. Right. You could like hide the Sistray icon or something. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and I don't know how how far the stretch is for this. I don't think you can go out over like a WAN or anything like that. You no, know? But it has so- to be it has to be on your home network. So you can only creep on other people in your house. So or you if, go- you're, if you're at work, for example, like after hours, if someone sneaks into or my office and installs Steam and hides the icon, then like all day the next day, they can just watch me surf gone wild, right? Yeah, there you go. See, this is this is different. She's not worried about it. A bunch of guys were like, hey, that seems really, that seems really weird that you'd be able to do that. But yeah, it was like all tab out, go to documents, had her go to my document folder, had her go to like just, you know, access files. I didn't have her try to like... Uh, like modify and save a file, mm. but I, there's no indication to me that that would not have worked. So, but, would you have been fighting for control? So, if she's on your computer I, moving around and you move the mouse, are you? That's how I got the idea. When she was navigating in the game, I kept bumping my mouse and moving <laughs> it up, and I could hear her huffing. <laughs> at at and, first, I thought it was just a really crappy connection, and I was gonna, I was gonna be making like all these terrible notes about it for <laughs> the news. And then Bernie calls me and goes, "No, no, no I'm just messing with you." Yeah, and then I minimized the game. Because uh, I could do that on my computer, I minimized the game, and she goes, she goes, oh, you're recording something in Fraps because I had Fraps open. I go, you can see that? She said, yeah. And I was like, can you see this? She's like, yeah. I go, can you control the stuff on my desktop? Yep. <laughs> so it wasn't limited to the game in any way, and we'll, wow. we'll test it further. But that was our first test of in-home streaming from Steam. Well, here you go. So what's going to happen is in the next release notes, you're just going to find there's a new feature. Called Remote Desktop. <laughs> it's like, called Remote Steam. You've discovered it. Congratulations. Yeah. It's called Vapor. We'll have some kind of name <laughs> of that. It was it was interesting. Now I do have to say, hey, Ashley, thank you very much. Yep. And please disconnect from my computer. Thank you. <laughs> Is she gone? Yeah. Are you sure? All those purple links, I don't know how they got purple. They just do that. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> it does. It really, you, just, you don't know. It just happens. But um the uh, the the thing that I've tried this weekend that worked out really well that I didn't even know existed on Steam before I investigated was there's family sharing as well mm-hmm. where you can set it up where you can authorize certain computers to where your library can be accessed by other people in your family, which is awesome because it's a problem I've always had being a digital family running into these DRM issues. So I like I can authorize Ashley and my son JD and their computers and they can just share my library. And as long as I'm not playing the game, they have full access to it and they can do it. Hmm. Uh, and I haven't yet tested. I'm uh, actually was telling me there's a warning when I start playing it saying this game is not available to you now okay. because Bernie's playing it. That's cool. The, so li- the license holder has it. If the li- Let's say they were playing it and then you logged in not knowing they were playing. Would it just boot them out and they lose their save? Or I don't know. So we'll have to further test that and find out. That would be interesting to check. I think perhaps you get a warning. I can probably test it over there. Yeah, I'll test it with you mm-hmm. after this. Um, so uh, there's definitely a big piece of news that has come out that we haven't addressed yet. Right. As, uh, Halo 5 Guardians got announced. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, uh, this past weekend. So that's, uh, they're projecting a 2015 launch of that. They, they put that press release out at like three in the morning or something like that. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I woke up to that. Ashley it, was the box so mad. I remember her being upset about that the next day because she was expecting to have an easy morning. Was that right? Yeah. And, uh, No. Suddenly, first press release. Her news report. She's with a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, we'll probably we'll definitely see more of that at E3. Uh, 
coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody is telling us uh, at Canadian forty nine is saying that you get a ten minute warning uh, when sharing becomes unavailable oh, okay. on Steam sharing. So that's actually very similar to the way it works on the Xbox. If you get disconnected mm-hmm. uh, from the internet and you're in that DRM mode, like on another box <laughs> where you didn't download it or purchase it initially, you get a ten minute warning. You have to reconnect, or you're gonna you have time to shut down basically. And I would I like to think that the license holder would not have to wait that ten minutes. Right? They would just be able to. I once again I bet you hey, there's another question. Uh, <laughs> we'll Canadian, test it afterwards. Uh, yeah. So uh, another thing I want to mention is that uh, the PS4 PlayStation Now beta started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, also I should point out I looked it up. Uh, Minecraft for PS3 came out literally like three or four days ago. Oh, okay. So it was like late last week. Okay. So uh, now that's my excuse for why we're not up to date on that information. <laughs> right. We we were out of town. You and I have been uh, a little. Out of the loop. We're only good on also, information. Also, we've played Minecraft on every platform so far. We're not really in the market for looking for a new Minecraft. Uh, although I will buy it. So yeah, P- PlayStation Now beta officially started on the PS4 yesterday. I signed up. I would love to love to be able to try that out. You can try streaming the from one to another. You can stream PS3 games yeah. using the Gaikai yeah. service. Oh, what are the awesome features? We were we found a big hole in the in-home streaming for Steam. But do you know what one of the best features about it is? Hmm. You can stream across platforms. So you can run a game on a Mac that doesn't is not available for the Mac. Oh, if it comes from the or PC. Linux, that's cool. <laughs> Look, I'm like, all play, those Linux games, you know, like, <laughs> like Penguin or yeah. But like I'm saying, if you have a Linux terminal that you can stream from your Haas PC, you can stream to your Mac and you oh. can play games that aren't available or on Mac or on Linux. Is there a command line Steam interface? <laughs> well, there there's some version of that for like doing servers. Uh, I don't know if there's a full command line interface. Hmm. Like, it'd be awesome if you could, like, remotely, if you had, like, could you, is that even possible? Like, if you had a machine with no, like, X Windows installed, if you could remotely run software from another machine to it like that? Maybe. Yeah. I guess the other machine would have to have <laughs> enough capabilities for you to, like, connect via a very low level, like a terminal, like, yeah, yeah. and then execute stuff and then pipe it out to you. Sure. Yep. You can simply use a lower-end laptop running any number of operating systems from Windows to OS X to SteamOS to Linux. So it's cool. still got to have the good computer. You but still yeah, have to have the computer that runs the game. Yeah. Yep. Ultimately. Yeah. Um, That's a first-world problem. Oh, I can't run my <laughs> massive PCs games on my Mac laptop. Yeah, but you could have like, your MacBook Air somewhere else and, yeah, and, yeah. and be playing that. Um, one of the weirder bits of news that came out this week was the creator of Night Trap, is planning a re-release of the game for current platforms. And Night Trap is one of the games that helped launch the ESRB in that the early mid-90s because it was uh, considered such objectionable content that the government was going to mm-hmm. step in and begin regulating video games. And that's when the industry decided to build a coalition to handle regulation internally. And it's so funny you say that because it shows the ESRB, the American Ratings Board, it shows the weight that violence has versus sexual content. Where Night Trap was the made a big uh, hubbub about it because of the suggestive content and Mortal Kombat because of its violent content. But the suggestive content of Night Trap was girls at a slumber party are like wrapped in a towel, yeah. whereas the violent content of Mortal Kombat was grabbing someone's <laughs> skull and pulling out their entire central nervous system. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like somehow violence it had to get to that level to show up on the ratings radar, whereas just like oh, there's women who are half naked. Do you think not even half naked? Yeah, I'll, I'll give them mm-hmm. at best twelve percent naked, <laughs> quarter naked. You counting the head, which is normally naked? <laughs> yeah, like, of course. Like shirts, short sleeves. Uh, so, you think this game really is going to mean anything these days? I mean, in the world of GTA Five, and I mean, there are titles out there that have yeah, gone I, way, I, like uh, the God of War series, God of War Two. You start off having sex is the yeah. mini game, right? Yeah, Witcher. Witcher. That yeah. yeah, also. So, uh, I mean, no, this- absolutely not. I don't understand. Uh, like, I don't think there's a big clamoring. There's a, not a big night trap community begging for the game to come back. It goes back to what I've always said. And it, it, you can have a clear case of that from the beginning of this podcast when I was talking about arcade games. There's a big part of our audience is like, I don't want to hear about this arcade <laughs> games on the Atari. Who gives a shit, Marie? You know, and it's just what I've always said. Retro is a very personal, specific thing. And when you talk about retro games, there are some people who you say like Ocarina of Time, like, Oh, that's the perfect game of all time. By the time I got to that game, I had played that game in in the Ultima era. You know what I mean? It's like retro is very specific to, to certain people and certain windows of time. And the people who remember the Sega Saturn system and playing Night Trap, that's a very limited group of people. And nobody else is really going to care about that retro it's almost, title. It's almost like a digital museum experience almost. It's like, hey, look at what we used to think was objectionable. <laughs> Funny, right? Yeah. 
It's almost in that case like a novelty in a way. Yeah. But, you know, he could, he could ramp it up. <laughs> what if he took it like way over the top? And it's like, I'm going to make Night Trap, but I'm also going to step up <laughs> the the groundbreaking, suggestive nature of it. And now it's going to be like a borderline porn experience. Now it's just all boobs. Yeah, I'm trying to find the quote. There was a, there was a I can't find it right now, but there was a, a great quote by a government official at the time when, you know, they were trying to form, figure out how to rate video games where they called it garbage and said there's no reason Night Trap should have ever been made. Because I guess it was such filth. I mean, there's an example. Oh, no. The suggestive <laughs> content. It's going out on the stream. Look out. Look at the frame rate on that. That was considered full motion video. <laughs> I wonder what qualifies as full motion. Okay. Uh, I, I, here, apparently, I have gifts that are better than that. <laughs> apparently, this it was actually Howard Lincoln, who was the chairman of Nintendo, argued that Night Trap, he felt Night Trap simply has no place in our society. No place in our society. Yeah. Well, Nintendo actually, uh, when they put out their console, that was the first console, at least that I can remember, where it had a chip that you couldn't just make software for it. At the end of the Atari's life cycle, there was all these actual like porn cartridges and titles mm-hmm. that were being made, mm-hmm. so you could play like. And the the one that was a big uh, club Cust- up over there, Custer's Revenge. Custer's Revenge. Yeah, <laughs> and so like they, they were adult titles for the Atari, and the Nintendo was like, "Nope, well, you're not going to do that. You have to go through us to make a you know piece of software for this console." And then eventually, developers circumvented that chip and started emulating it in their own chips. Really, that's why some NES cartridges. Are those black cartridges with like the tapered back? Mm-hmm. Those have the unofficial uh, authorization chip in them. Really? Yeah. Like uh, Tengen was the uh, Tengen. I was gonna say they were the people who, uh, who I think pioneered that. Uh, RBI Baseball <laughs> wasn't one of those. RBI Baseball, I do not believe was officially licensed. I mean, really? You yeah. Oh wow. Haven't lived till you've seen eight bit porn too. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. Or <All> right. <laughs> lower bit. All right. Well, it's about time to wrap up. So uh, we got to wrap it up. I, I do want to say that next week we're going to have a publicly available live stream of the patch. And normally, only our sponsors can watch the live stream as we record. Next Wednesday at 4 p.m., you'll be able to watch the live stream uh, and join in the conversation with us while we talk about video game news. Or you can just access our computers from wherever you are. Yeah, install <laughs> Steam on our network. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.